You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pocket, Neverlander. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around and fly away with me, your spider pan, Jeremy, to Neverland. I've been having technical issues all over the place ever since a new update for Windows 10 happened, which is supposed to have been beneficial to creators. I don't know what creators are talking about because it wasn't beneficial to anything I'm creating, that's for sure. So I've had all kinds of troubles trying to make sure everything's going to function correctly, but I've got some really fun stuff for you today. I'm mainly just going to focus everything around Tom Kane. Now, you might be familiar with that voice actor. He has been uh, Professor Utonium in the Powerpuff Girls. He has voiced Yoda more times than even Frank Oz has ever voiced Yoda in the Clone Wars and also the Lego Star Wars uh, animated series of all shapes and sizes and types. You know, he's everywhere. Uh, But he had a panel at Planet Comic Con and he talked a little bit about getting into the voice acting industry. And it's about 52 minutes long. And I try to run about an hour long show, so I'm going to cut already a lot of the regular fun around here and focus on that because I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's it's something a little bit different. And at one point, they even have somebody who goes back and and tries to uh, dub his voice onto a, a clip from a Lego Star Wars uh, pro, uh, production of some sort. So we're going to get into that as quickly as we can. But before I dive into that, I really do have to talk about a new Wonder Woman trailer that just came out this week. So I think we need to make a quick visit into the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. does not make you a hero. What if I promise to be careful? Just a shield then. Diana. No sharp edges. Be careful of mankind, Diana. They do not deserve you. You've told me this story. What is this place? Who are you people? We are the bridge to a greater understanding. Right. What is your mission? Well, here's the thing. You are in more danger than you think. The boys in the trenches called her Dr. Poison. Millions would die. The war would never end. I'm going, Mother. If you choose to leave, you may never return. Who will I be if I stay? 
that way but we got to go this way first how can a woman fight in this who is this young woman she's my um and um diana princess of the prince diana prince This war should stop. Help me stop it right now. What are you? You will soon find out. June 2nd. So this is Wonder Woman, which we actually finally get a little bit more about the actual story going on with this movie. And a character known as what, Madam Poison? Is that what they said? I'm not familiar with the DC Universe that much, so I don't know a lot of Wonder Woman's typical villains other than there was some uh, like Cheetah Woman or something It wasn't there. I don't know these things, but this movie looks really cool. Although I gotta say, this looks like they did take a few cues from Captain America the first Avenger, even with the way Diana is using her shield and that uh, you see her going into battle and using the shield and blocking all kinds of bullets and I don't know how powerful that shield is supposed to be because I'm used to her just having the lasso of truth and her her bracers you know where she blocks everything with her bracers and now she's got a shield to block all this stuff and and a sword which I guess is part of the new 52 version of Wonder Woman which I am not all that familiar with I'm you know like I said I'm old school I'm I grew up watching Linda Carter as Wonder Woman and so that's completely different but this looks very very cool uh, I'm starting to recognize a few other actors that are making appearances in this uh, I figure you know releasing this in June 2nd is probably a good move because Guardians of the Galaxy I expect it to continue to dominate through most of the month of May until Pirates of the Caribbean comes out uh, Dead Man Till No Tales I'm very excited for that in fact there is a new mobile game of Pirates of the Caribbean uh, Tides of War which if you happen to get on its server called Empire Number no. 8 I am on there I've started an alliance called the Neverlanders feel free to come and join me I am slowly trying to learn and figure this game out I'm not sure what server Eric is on he of course because he came in with a, an Apple device and I came in with an Android device he is running the Neverlanders 2 uh, so we both of our, both of us have an alliance going. So if you are going to jump into there and if you can get into a server with one of us and try to find us and join with us, that'll be fun. We can play this game and learn it together. I've been having some fun with it. I'm a little confused on some of the things I do with the alliance with building a, a big fortress for the alliance and building walls. And there are certain areas I'm not allowed to build it and I don't understand it. 
but we're having a lot of fun. It's building excitement for this new upcoming movie. So I've got a Guardians you know, movie that I've already enjoyed once that I need to take my wife to, a Pirates movie that actually looks really cool, and then Wonder Woman coming up, a Cars 3 movie. There's so much quality stuff coming around from Disney and from, well, outside of Disney because Wonder Woman, of course, is not a Disney. But I figure them not competing with Guardians by releasing it a month later was probably a good move. So it cleans up a little bit of the competition so Wonder Woman can come out there and be hopefully some box office gold because it it looks really cool and I am actually quite excited about it but now I want to dive in right back to Planet Comic Con coverage that we've been doing for a very long time and let you hear a panel with the great Tom Kane to Disney and beyond awesome awesome we have Tom Kane and Isaac coming up very shortly guys there's some uh, technical stuff we're taking care of and then we'll bring them up but I want to make a little quick announcement about uh, introduce the, uh, the voice actors. Okay, I have two of these. I'm not sure which one's mine. I picked up a number and they said, take this one. Um, so Isaac's going to be coming up here. But now, let's introduce you to the one, the only, <coughs> Jedi Master himself. Jedi Master Yoda. <laughs> Yeah, that's when you're supposed to put the glasses on your face. <laughs> yeah. How you guys doing? Woo! I appreciate that, <laughs> Okay, so what we're going to do today is Isaac Marino is right there. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, so we're going to tell you how to get involved with voiceover, how to become the next Tom Kane. Then we're gonna give you all a chance to. Do I don't it. know if we can actually make them the next Tom. Well, someone's gotta do it. I mean, somebody's gotta take his place, right? For starters, you can learn to trip downstairs <laughs> and be six foot seven. Uh, part of what we're also gonna try to do as well uh, is to be able to answer any questions that you guys might have. Uh, and then we have a really cool thing uh, towards the end where uh, actually a cartoon that I worked with Tom on, uh, Lego Star Wars. I actually have a clip from that where we removed all the audio. And we're going to pick two volunteers from the audience, and actually, you guys get to voice the cartoon. And before the show, before our little segment is over, I'll post it, I'll run to the back, edit it all together, and we'll show it to you guys and let you guys see what it all looks like when it's all done. So you guys kind of get to step into Tom's shoes for a little bit and see what it's like to, to do an ADR session. large shoes. Yeah. So, so go ahead. Okay, so Tom, if anyone here is wanting to start out in voiceover, what would you tell them where to start? Well, this is probably the best time in history to, to try to get into voiceover work from places like Kansas City or, or any other you know, medium-sized town because uh, the technology is there to make it possible. I mean, you, you know, if you have a laptop computer, you have the equivalent of what 25 years ago would have been about a half a million dollars worth of equipment. And it wouldn't yeah. have sounded as good. Right, no, you're right. Uh, I mean, uh, especially when you consider video editing. I mean, you know, you can you could buy a $1,500 laptop that has, you can edit in 4K resolution video with, you know, 7.1 surround sound and, you know, I, Honest, honest, no joke. You know, in the late '80s, early '90s, when I started, that was about a five million dollar room full of equipment, and it's in your laptop now. So, 
Um, there are lots of people who are able to record stuff at home, uh, submit it to an agent to try to, you know, get them to listen to it and hopefully represent them. Uh, the first thing you should do, though, if you're trying to get into this, is hit the internet and find out what's available in your city, uh, what uh, the local uh, producers are are looking for. Is it you know is you know different cities have different strengths. You know, I'm, uh, L.A. is movie trailers and and cartoons. You know, and, and all the other stuff. Uh, whereas New York has no movie trailers and no cartoons, but they've got a lot of commercials. Uh, Chicago has, uh, you know, commercials and a ton of, uh, like, non-broadcast stuff, uh, corporate communications, but they don't have any cartoons or trailers. Uh, actually, cartoons and trailers only exist in L.A. So, unfortunately, if you want to get into cartoons, you have to relocate to Los Angeles. You, you just, there's no other way around it. it uh, you know, if I had tried, unless you're Tom Kenny. No, well, well, but yeah, but I was established first. If I, you know, that's the only reason I was able to move back home here to Kansas City is because I was already, yeah, they knew who I was and they worked with me, so it wasn't a big leap to to keep doing so. But to, for me to have tried to break into the business from here, it it, it just it can't be because they still um, they still do cartoons like old radio dramas. They have all the actors come in and sit in a big arc or a square or a circle or whatever, depending on how many people there are, and everyone has their own microphone and their own stand and their own script, and we read it like an old radio drama. You know, it's like uh, the first take is cold. We've never seen the script before. We just read through it, and then we do another run through, which is hopefully better than the first one, and that's it. So when you watch a cartoon, you're listening to people who've read it two times. They read it cold at first, they read it a second time, and then the director will, as you're going through the second time, they'll say, well, give me another one of that, try to make it a little more, you know, angry or whatever. But that's about it. So you have to be good at reading cold. You have to be able to pick up a script and kind of wing it. So how would you say, I mean, obviously it's not just reading. There's acting involved. So should people sort out classes, or how should they go about? Well, yeah, well, classes are terrific for anybody. I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, you can, uh, uh, if you can find a place that does uh, uh, improv, acting classes are phenomenally helpful if you're trying to get into voiceover work because, you know, it teaches you to be, uh, you know, quick on your feet and quick on your brain and make up stuff. and. So when the director's going, I need you to do the, you know, and they yeah. say, I mean, when we work together, I've heard directors tell you, uh, I need you to think that this is your environment, blah, 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 and go. Yeah. <laughs> and you literally have to yeah. come up with something. So that, that, that's definitely a plus if you can find a way to take an improv class. It will, it, and it, you know, and it doesn't just help you, even if you never do voiceovers, if you, you never pursue this in any way, an improv class would help you in, in, so many other ways, because I, the, one of the greatest fears, I, and this has been very well documented in surveys, public speaking, getting up in front of people like we're doing right now is, is usually the number one fear people have. 
It terrifies them. It's like more than snakes. The idea of getting in front of a few hundred people and screwing up. And if you take any kind of improv class, that's all you do is screw up. You just you're making the stuff up, and you've got you know the rest of the classmates watching you, and you're in front of them. And by the time you're done with a class, uh, you know, uh, of improv, you can walk out here in front of all of you guys, and you can do stuff, and you can screw up or do great or whatever, and you don't care. Now think about well that will translate to your business career, whatever it is you do. Don't care if you work at McDonald's or you're a CEO. If you are not afraid anymore to stand up in front of other people and say, here's the way it should go. I think you need to do this, I think you need to do this, and here's how I do this, and I do this, and like this, and everybody else will be like, wow, this guy knows his stuff. And, uh, you know, and that'll help you, like I said, it doesn't matter whether you're dropping french fries or, or dropping, you know, a billion dollars of stock and buying another company. You, you, if you sound like you know what you're doing, if you can fake that, <laughs> and, a guy told me that it's, a, it's an old saw in the industry, but when I was 27 years old, I was talking to a guy who was uh, one of the top voiceover guys in America back in the 19, late 80s. And when I was meeting him, my agent was introducing me to him because we had the same agent. And I said, would you, you, you know, do you have any advice? And he said, yeah, his, his name was Ernie Anderson, and he talked like this, and I'm, I'm leaving out all the spicy words he used to uh, <laughs> If you want to Google him, Look up Ernie, the Ernie rap, and someone put together just nothing but Ernie cussing. But uh, he was a character. But he he told me that he said he said, well, if you want to get anywhere in this business, you've got to you've got to exude just warmth and and believability and truth. And people have to think that you know you you really really believe in what you're saying. And I'm like okay, and then he goes. And when you can fake that, you're in. <laughs> but it's true. So anyway, here's a resource. If you guys have a pen or a pencil, if not, we'll get it to you. But uh, there's a place called voicebank.net. Voicebank.net. It's a resource that is mainly intended for producers, mostly at ad agencies. But on voicebank.net, anybody can go there, no charge. They have the demo reels of every working voiceover person in the United States. There are thousands of them. I'm, I'm on there in seven different places. Like, you know, my agent in LA and Chicago and they all have some of my stuff up there somewhere. You can spend days listening to demos on voicebank.net. And if you want to get into voiceover work, I suggest you spend days listening to demos on voicebank.net because it'll tell you who you, your potential competition is. If if you go through there and spend a few hours, you will start to notice if you're a woman and you're listening to women or men to men, you'll start to notice their similarities. That the guys in Chicago and the guys in New York, and there's a sound or several sounds, but a lot of it is common from one to another or to another. Well, the reason you'll hear much of the same kind of reads in all these guys' demos and all these women's demos is because that's what they're buying. That's what the ad agencies are buying. And that's why it's on their demo. So you might do a phenomenal South African accent. Congratulations. I've done this for almost 40 years and no one's ever asked me to do a South African accent. So um, don't waste can, your time. Can you do a South African accent? Say uh, African. Yeah, say African accent. It's like, it's like this. It's a little bit like Australia, but it's a little different. 
It's called like a lift Come yeah. Cole, doesn't that sound like our waitress? <laughs> from from B Dubs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a, it is it's a tough one because I I personally drifted to Australia when I tried to do South Africa. But, uh, yeah, the best South African I've ever heard from a, someone who isn't from there was uh, actually Leonardo DiCaprio in uh, Blood Diamonds, and uh, he did it. He nailed it, man. I was impressed. But how do you? In South African, it's not Blood Diamonds. It's Blue Diamonds. It's Blue Diamonds. So dialect is probably another thing yeah. if you're doing yeah. accents and stuff like blue that. Blue Diamonds. But anyway, but uh, but yeah, go to VoiceBank.net, listen to what's on there, and you'll pretty quickly go, I kind of sound like that guy, and that guy, and that guy. And, uh, and there's no copyright issues. If you hear a chunk of a commercial on someone's demo reel, and it's right in your alley, and you think that that might be something you'd like to put on your demo reel, write it down. You know, like I said, you're, as long as you're not selling it, there's no copyright issues. So you can, you can steal from the best. <laughs> so, uh, but that's a, that's a place I would start is just to see and you'll you know if you're honest with yourself uh, you'll start to kind of figure out where you stand you know if you record what you do do your version of, of some of the, the demos you hear on, on voice bank and listen to them if you're honest with yourself you'll be like okay I'm better than that guy or I'm not I need more work so you know, when you get to the point, though, where you can go, I sound as good as 15 of these guys' demos, well, there you go. So. And sometimes it helps to, to know a person like me who actually, I mean, I do production of commercials and, and things like that. And, you know, I help Brandon out, and he'll send me demos from time to time. Hey, how do I sound doing this? Or how do I sound in this commercial? And, or he'll shoot me the script ahead of time and say, how would you approach this type of script? And he's very blunt. Well, and I, and I tell people that all the time. I actually, one of my daughters, one of Sandy's friends, uh, came to me a couple of weeks ago, and I had helped one of my daughter's other friends. Uh, she said she wanted to see if she could do this, and I worked with her for a while and kind of gave her some tips. And damn, if she didn't book something a week later, and I think in the last year she spent like ten thousand bucks. And so one of my daughter's other friends said, yeah, she's doing that, I'd like to give it a try. And I was like, oh, okay, right. Because that's really rare. It's, it's unusual to find someone that, you know, well, she, of course I get her in the booth and she's got a phenomenal voice. She just sounds, it was too good. I actually said, your, your problem is getting, you're gonna need to come it's up with- more normal. Yeah, you're gonna come yes. up with a, a, a real sort of girl next door read because what I'm hearing sounded like a, one of those, you know, female disc jockeys that has that Demi Moore sort of, hey, how are you, you know, raspy, lovely. And that's another reason why classes are so important because getting in front of a microphone, there's all different sorts of reads and every time a piece of copy comes down, it's gonna have very specific things that they want and if you don't know how to do it, there's a major difference between a radio read and a guy next door. Yeah. And so many people will get in front of a microphone and go, oh, I could do that. And you can't, it's, it's a big jump to learn how to just speak in front of the microphone. Well, and I'm honestly, that's my one of my weak points is I'm just not really great at sounding like a real human. <laughs> no, I mean even when I try, there's you know I mean this is my voice. I've got some I've got a pitch in there that and a tone that sounds you know thirty percent of the way toward disc jockey or something. 
and it's hard to get rid of that. And I can do it if I have a little time to work on it, but generally, you know, if it's that kind of commercial, they don't pick me. They, they go with somebody, well, that sounds more like Brandon. You know, he can do a, he can do a real person far better than I can. Um, but, you know, what Isaac was saying, I, you know, I actually I'll be sending her to you in a few weeks. Okay. But, uh, yeah, she, you know, she's, she's uh, you know, if I work with her for a few more hours, she's got a few pieces that are good enough to play for somebody and, and will help her to find an agent. But always, um, and I don't want you to pester Isaac too much, but uh, I always tell people, you've got a resource in town that no one ever thinks to call a recording studio and talk to an engineer. Those guys do more voiceover work in terms of just dealing with it on a day-to-day -day basis than I'll ever do. I mean, this is what he does day in, day out, day in, day out. He sits and, and cuts and mixes and records people and music. So, you know, find, uh, find, find Isaac or someone like Isaac and, and uh, talk to them and say, I'd like to get into voiceover work. How do I do that? He'll, he'll, he, she will have some resources and they'll know what ad agencies are the big ones in town. They'll know uh, what local co coaches there may or may not be, uh, you know. So start with some local recording studios and see if you can engineer to talk to you. Because eventually you're gonna need an engineer, you know, to put a demo reel together. Because uh, they can work some magic. And not only that, as, as an audio engineer, when you work with people enough, or if they, and not that they're pestering you, but as long as they stay in my mind, if I ever have a, 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 an ad agency call me and say, hey, I'm looking for blah, 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 voice. And I'm not really a talent agency, but I'll go, oh, I know so-and-so that can do that. Oh, I know so-and-so that can do this. And I'll give them a call, and I'll book a gig for them. And sometimes, you know, beyond the, the agency that they, that they may have. So, I mean, that's another great relationship to have with, with an engineer is that you, you know, if, if you're there, if you're, you know, again, not pestering, but just that you're, you've developed a relationship or friendship or something. Then you stay on the top of their mind. Like, there have been gigs for, for Brandon, and somebody will come up and say, hey, uh, I need just normal guy next door. Oh, I know a guy. Let me give him a call. And he gets to, he'll come in, do an audition read. The, the director will go, yep, that's it. That's the one. All right, let's go with it's the job. So don't, yeah, you have a great resource here in Kansas City. We have a lot of recording studios here. And bother them, bother them, bother them, bother them <laughs> until they say yes. Find their home right. phone number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Tom, one of the things that we're going to, I'm going to maybe shoot back here in a little while and start working on that video. Um, when it comes to ADR work, uh, cartoons, what would you what do you, what's kind of a tip that you would give people? Well, ADR work, if you're not familiar with that term, it's basically, it stands for additional dialogue replacement. But it's kind of a catch-all term for pretty much any voice that's <clears throat> added after the fact. It, it can cover something as simple as, uh, you know, Tom Hanks is reading a line in, in a movie in some scene and it's terrific in every way, but you can hear an airplane in the background or someone drops, drops a soda can, you know, in the back of the stage and you hear a clunk. So they have to replace it. And the director's like, man, that's just the perfect scene, but like the damn soda can. 
So they'll bring, you know, Tom Hanks or whoever it is back in and he'll re-record that line and, and they work with, you know, microphone placements so it doesn't sound like you're in a studio, it sounds like you're in a location or whatever. They'll mess with it and make it sound like it's just part of the line that he read when he filmed it. And uh, then the engineer gets a hold of it and he makes it match, you know, and, and, it, and most of the time none of you have a clue approximately 5% of, of the average feature film, the dialogue's been replaced um, after the fact. And again, hopefully you, you don't notice it. You only notice bad ADR. And so that's one, that's one part of ADR. The other thing that ADR encompasses is cartoons uh, where they're from another country, Japan almost exclusively, and they need to put in American or British or whatever voices. That's also considered ADR. Um, uh, that's tough because foreign languages, each one has its own rhythm, its own cadence. Um, for instance, Spanish is 20% longer than English. To say the same thing in Spanish takes 20% more syllables. So that's why sometimes if you, you know, watch, uh, if someone's doing a parody of, of Mexican television or, or you know Spanish television, they always that's the thing they always pick out first is how fast they talk, you know. So it's like the reason they're going so fast is because yes, it's like two tacos. It's yeah. <laughs> he might know he might know some real words, but yeah, you're you, you know you're going twenty percent faster if you're speaking Spanish, so they got to squeeze it in. They talk faster, so. Um, Japanese is the same way. It's it's faster. I mean, it takes more time to say the same thing in Japanese, and uh, it's again very different. They put the nouns in a different place and the adjectives in a different place, and so that's why sometimes anime sounds weird when you're watching, especially anime from you know the '80s and '90s when it was a fairly new thing. You know, that's why sometimes oh they talk like this oh we're gonna go down the street and save it yes oh. oh. I mean, it's a you know, very awkward uh, dialogue. Well, that's because they're trying to match that lip Yeah, match that lip All right, so what I'm gonna do is I'm, I'd like to take two volunteers. Uh, the scene that we're gonna be using is uh, Darth Vader and a guard. So who would like to play Vader? It's kind of hard to see. Yeah. Your thoughts between your youngest and your you Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm not doing the picking. I can see you, so I'll, I'll grab you as Vader. Who wants to play my guard? I'll take you in the Captain America. All right. So just meet me in the back over there, and we'll 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 get it rolling here. So, so we're gonna have. So what are you doing? Tom do one the first time, and then switch. Okay. So what am I doing? Okay. Which one? Which character am I doing first? First. Yeah. Stay. You tell me the first one very well. I'm just gonna work with these two guys. You guys are the team. Okay. Okay. So. Tom, what needs to go into a demo? Um, the, the main thing that people do wrong when they do demos is they think it's an opportunity to show how insanely clever they are. Uh, and that sometimes people will like make up fake products like they do on Saturday Night Live, you know, where, you know, new colon blow will help you, you know, and uh, they're trying to be funny. Well, they're not hiring you to be funny. They're not hiring, well, at least not as a writer. They're not trying to find someone that can do a parody of something. They want a voice. Uh, so 
only do real products. Um, and like I said, you can copy anything you find on the internet or on television. Find something that sounds like you, write the script down, and replicate it. You know, go to go to a studio and have an engineer find music that sounds like that Chevrolet commercial or that you know Betty Crocker commercial, and and just do your best to recreate it. Try to make it sound as absolutely real as possible. So no fake products. Don't don't try to do a commercial that's 40 seconds long because there are no 40 second long commercials. Um, and you know, like I said, do everything you can to make the producer who's listening to your demo think you did those. That's a real spot because that's what everybody has to do at first. I, you know, when I, my first demo I put together, it was just me doing silly voices and, and I put it on a cassette. And you know, I was 15 years old and I started mailing them around to ad agencies in Kansas City. So. Um, and that's fine, that's all they need to hear. Uh, secondly, pick a, a, a voice, you, you have to find your voice. You have to find something that you can do that is basically you, and, and then just do variations on that theme. There, you know, I, again, I've heard demo reels that are five minutes long, and by the time I'm done listening to this person's demo reel, I'm going, I have no idea what this guy does. He's, he's got a British accent, he's got a French chef, and he's got, tries to do three other, you know, Chevy truck commercials, and it's just all over the place. And the impression you come away with is, okay, he's got a lot of different things he does, but you don't come away with a kind of singular impression. And you need to do that. You, you, need, to, you need to have basically someone who listens to your reel and goes, okay, I, I know what this guy sounds like. Obviously, you want to put some range. You, you do one that's a little lighter and maybe friendlier and happier, and one that's a little more storytellery and older, and one that's but it's still basically the same guy. Now, if you do phenomenal character voices, if you really are good at doing dialects and characters and whatever, well, then you do a second reel. You do a separate reel. It's just that. Um, I have seven different reels because I do different things. And I, I learned very early on that because of the breadth of the stuff I do, it was confusing producers. My agents said they, they, they actually had producers that were called up and said, which one of these is Tom? Because they didn't realize that this is all me. Hey, but some of it sounded so different, they didn't realize the same guy. So, yes. Yeah. Hey gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you guys because we're gonna we're gonna do some ADR work here real quick. All right. And so what's gonna happen, you guys? We're gonna play on the screen just the scene of a cartoon that we're working on, and uh, there's not gonna be any audio to it. It's just gonna be strictly just the video, so you guys can kind of see what's going on. Uh, then we're gonna get started. What you'll actually hear are ADR beeps, which will help uh, our actors know when their parts come in. So, uh, so again, first, no audio. So if you wouldn't mind just muting that. And then I'll just play the clip here for you. So this is just the clip of the cartoon.
So that's pretty much the clip. So what's going to happen now is when Vader needs to speak, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to get your name. Mike, okay, Mike. So what you're going to hear is this. Uh, do you mind pulling up the computer here? Computer audio? Sorry, there we go. Okay, so those are your three, you're going to get three beeps is what you're going to get. It's going to go boop, 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 and on the fourth beep is basically where the fourth beep would be is where you actually come in and do your line. All right, so you'll hear the beeps. Okay, and, and we're going to try it. Yeah, we're going to try it now here. Uh, sign my input. And your voice won't come through the speakers yet, but at least you'll hear the beeps. Okay, so here we go. Okay, so for some reason I wasn't getting any audio from you. Let me, that's my fault, my technical, my technical error there. Uh, go ahead and talk to the microphone, see if we got your signal. Oh, there it is. Keep going. Okay, there it is, all right. This is just me, I have him muted on, on the system here. Okay, so here we go one more time, you'll have those three beeps. Beautiful. Okay, so here comes your next set of beeps for your next line. Those are your beeps to let you know when to come in. Okay, so bring the mic just a little bit closer to you. Okay, and so these next beeps, so did he seem happy to you? Then the next set of beeps come in, and that's your next line there. Okay, so here we go. Uh, give me the, did he seem happy to you again? So we're talking starting from the top. Here we go, no, 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 you're fine. Here we go. Okay, so your next set will be coming here shortly. And, okay. So you guys can continue on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do some posting back here. And All right, give those two a round of applause. So this is what it's like every time you go into a booth. You're going to do it over and over and over and over. And then after you do it 30 times, you're going to go, you know what? We're going to go with that first one. <laughs> I, I did a session one time. Uh, that they didn't know. They had no clue what they were. We got up to like take 40 something, and between the beginning and take 40 something, I'd gone to about four different places, you know, in terms of voice. And they were so different that at about take 40, I finally just stopped the guy and I said, oh, I said, you, you do realize that nothing we're doing right now will match anything we recorded in the first 
45 minutes of this session. And nothing I did 15 minutes ago will match any of it. And nothing I did, I mean, it was so different. And the guy looked at me like, well, why won't it match? I'm like, because they're com I did completely different reads, paces, whatever. And uh, he didn't get it. I mean, he didn't hear it. So, you know, uh, that's my bad. You know, I should have 15 minutes into it gone, you, you know, I should have said that after take 10, you do realize that this will not match takes one through five. And it just kept going. So I don't even know what they ended up doing because this, you know, by the time we got take 40, it was five minutes away from the session ending. And they said, we've got another client coming in, you gotta leave. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> call my agent if you need to do it more. And I, I have no idea whether they ever got enough out of that to make a real commercial. But uh, they never called me back. So. <laughs> but, uh, any questions? Anything in particular? Yes? When creating a character, what do you do to keep consistency? Oh, to, how do you keep a character voice consistent? Um, well, you, you know, the simple fact that you got booked to do it means that you You've seen it, you've read it, you auditioned with it um, several times, and whatever it is you did, they liked best. So whatever voice you did to get the job in the first place is, is just by default gonna be something you do, and you do fairly well, and fairly easily. Because um, when someone's having a really hard time you know, doing a character or any voiceover, it kind of shows. I mean, it, you know, they just, it just doesn't sound great if it's something that's out of, out of their wheelhouse, you know, that's a real stretch for somebody. It sounds like they're having a hard time doing it. So you'll, you just kind of find out that it, it's there. I mean, you know, if, it, if uh, like I said, it's, you, that's why you're in the booth is because they liked what you did. And so it's actually very easy to recreate it. You know, it's just, in terms of consistency from episode to episode and season to season, yes, the, you do have have to kind of sometimes listen to what you did last year because characters do drift. I mean, if you listen to the first season of The Simpsons, <laughs> terrible. I mean, seriously, uh, compared to what they did later, it, you're not, it doesn't even sound like the same actors. It's that different. Um, you know, so characters do evolve and they do drift and they do, you know, uh, change, usually on purpose. I mean, you know, the actors, as they get more familiar with the character, will start to, you know, they will, they'll find out that this is funnier than that or this is more dramatic than that. So they'll tend to go in that direction, which often does lead to the character changing a bit. But, you know, I mean, I'm not really answering your question other than to say that you'll find that it's pretty easy to keep a character fairly consistent because it's you. It's something coming out of your head and your throat. So it's obviously something you're, you can do. Um, I, I always liken various voices to just computer programs. You know, if, if you've got a desktop full of programs and you click on that one, it starts playing. Well, your brain's the same way. Once you've got something in your head that's familiar and it's a character you know and you can re replicate on command, it's just like a computer program, it's just there. You can just start doing it. So, and that's, you know, it's not a special gift, it's pretty much just, you know, we're all capable of that. 
in some way. I mean, just think of anything you do that you do on a daily basis and realize, I haven't thought about how I do that in two years. I just do it. I'm on autopilot. My own voices are the same way. So. And own it. I mean, own that voice. They picked you because they wanted you. So you need to be confident in that and go, you know what? I'm here because I deserve to be, not because I got lucky. Yeah. So, yes. Hi, I'm just very active in the advertising world here in Kansas City. I was just super curious which was your first ad agency here in Kansas City that hired you. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was either, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Bernstein Rain. Well, back then it was called Bernstein Rain and Bozberg. Yeah. Now it's just Bernstein Rain. I don't know what happened to Mr. Bozberg. I guess they finally caught up with him, but I don't know. But uh, uh, yeah, it was a <clears throat> it was a public service announcement for the American Cancer Society, a fundraiser here in Kansas City. And it was 1976, I believe, and I was 15 years old, and um, it was just it was it was a kind of a comedy of errors because I just was a bored teenager in Oval Park, Kansas, in 1976. And it was 100 degrees out and 99% humidity, and there was nothing to do. So, you know, I'm watching, you know, back then it was ABC, CBS, NBC, and Channel 41. That's it. And they all went off the air at midnight. So uh, I just was bored, and I thought, well, that may be a hoot to hear myself on TV or radio because all the local commercials back then, and to some extent still today, are done by FM disc jockeys. You know, it's just kind of comes along with the radio buy. You spend $100,000 on radio time and the DJs will do your commercials for you. Um, so that everything sounded exactly the same. It was all a deal coming out the Waterman Gallery this Sunday, Sunday, you know. And, um, you know, I, I just started calling local advertisers and saying, hey, I, I do all these silly voices and stuff and I think I sound better than the guys you have doing whatever you're doing. And, you know, if you want me to do it, I will. I didn't know anybody got paid for it. I, it didn't, that didn't even enter my mind. But um, Bernstein Rain was, at the time, the agency that was doing the American Cancer Society commercials, you know, they did it for free. They didn't charge because it was charity. And all ad agencies do that. They have a certain number of clients that are charity things that they just do to, you know, help the community. And uh, the American Cancer Society was one of those. So. Uh, they thought it was a really nifty thing that a professional voiceover guy was offering his services and not knowing I was a 15-year-old who'd never done this before. And uh, I had to have my daddy drive me down to the ad agency, I mean the uh, recording studio, because uh, I didn't have my driver's license yet. And of course they walk up to him. They're handing my dad the copy and he's like, that, that, that's the guy that called you. And I'm, you know, my fringy cut off Levi's and my white tennis shoes. My Stan Smiths were half green from cutting lawns for a buck a piece. And anyway, so I, uh, it almost didn't happen. They were like, they were kind of PO'd that I, they thought I'd mislead them or something and that they'd rented the studio. And, you know, and I was like, well, I'm here and I can do it. I certainly can't sound as bad as what you had. And because, uh, you know, I was 15, I had no concept of tact. <laughs> I think I actually used the word sucked. Yeah, your commercial really sucked. And, uh, so, but uh, well, they were on the other side of the glass, sort of, you know, the poor guy that had me come in was getting his butt chewed by the creative director. And uh, 
I just kind of interrupted and said, uh, do you want this in some kind of accent? I didn't know the term dialect. I said, accent. And the guy's like, it's the talk back. He goes, what? I said, well, I, I, I was thinking this might sound good like the Pepperidge Farms commercials, which were at the time done by a very elderly man from New England. And the guy goes, you, you can talk like a 75-year-old man from New England. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> Can't everybody? You know, and uh, he's like, well, let's hear that. So I, you know, I, again, I, I wasn't bragging and I wasn't trying to be, I just, it's just something I could do. I mean, wait, 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 wait. Some of you can play chess. I can't play chess. Let's hear a 75-year-old man from England. Every weekend, a couple dozen Kansas City families have a couple dozen garage sales. And on July 1st and 2nd, a thousand Kansas City families are going to have just one garage sale. A very big garage sale. A sale so big, as a matter of fact, it'll make the walls of the Glenwood Manor Convention Hall bulge. We call it the Kansas City Garage Sale. All the proceeds go to the American Cancer Society. And all the bargains, well, those go to you. <laughs> you may never forget your first commercial. But, uh, yeah, and I, I read it just like that. And I look up, and they were all just kind of going, yeah. <laughs> and, and the guy said, yeah, that, that's good. And, uh, and he looked over the engineer, and the engineer goes, that was uh, 29 seconds, which was perfect. And again, I've got, I just was a good mimic. I mean, you know, it wasn't some special thing I'd worked up. It's just I had a clock in my head for some reason, and I, you know, I've always been able to do that. Someone can say, uh, shave off a half a second, and I do. I don't know exactly how, but I do. And uh, and most people do that. I mean, if you're you know if you've done this for a while, you can do that. Someone will say, take your second long, take off a second, and you just do. Hey, gentlemen, uh, I went ahead and I am done. Ah, and I know well. we have just a couple minutes left. Uh, so this, everybody, this is a really rough cut, really quick editing. Uh, so what you're going to see right now is actually uh, the finished product. So uh, I've added sound effects, everything, so here we go. And there it is. Yeah. All right. It's a very dark sort of <laughs> brooding film. Uh, why is this so complicated? You know what? No one talk to that end. Finally, some peace and quiet. Play back, and the director goes, "Great, moving on." 
know, that wasn't the way it was 20 years ago when they were working with you know, real, real tape. They used to actually, if you did four takes, they would actually have four pieces of tape, quarter inch recording tape draped around their neck with the numbers one, two, three, and four written on a wax pencil on the back of the tape. And then the director would go, uh, let me hear take two again. And the engineer would go, pull out take two and pull the tape off and razor blade it, tape it back down or go forward and tape it and then they play it back and then the director would go, uh, let's try take one. <laughs> take one out. It's ridiculous. So thank you, gentlemen, for, for lending your voices to our little cartoon. Yeah, it was awesome, guys. And we're still working on the tape on that, so coming up soon. Does anybody else have any more questions? Any other questions for you? Yes. Uh, I have a question about training. You mentioned vocal training as a possible way to get into this. Um, what, what would you recommend? Well, um, she was asking what kind of vocal training would you recommend to, to try to get better at what, what we do. So, um, you know, it's it's gonna vary a little bit depending on who you are, because you're gonna have different strengths than the person next to you. Um, for as I said, he, he, he can do a far better real person than I can. So, um, you know, so my case, if I was in a class, I would be really trying to work on sounding like a real person and not an announcer. And, um, and he'll have different things that he can do that, that, that I can't, you know, it's, everybody is a little different. But in general, um, the main thing uh, you need to work on is A, not being afraid to do stuff in front of people. Because that, like I said, that's the improv class thing. That's, that is really hard for a lot of people, to, just even just to, when you're auditioning for something. I mean, you're, your heart's pounding and you're afraid of screwing up and, you know. So just doing it, just the act of taking some kind of class is in and of itself a reward and, and will help you just by doing it. Because you will get more comfortable with talking in front of people and then changing what you did or trying to do a silly voice and whatever. So that alone's worth doing. But but you know, when you get into a class, that teacher will have to sort of listen to you and say, here's where your, your weaknesses are, let's work on that. So And if you're good with online learning, you can learn from some of the best names in the business. Debbie Derryberry, who voices Jimmy Neutron, you can I mean on her website there's her contact information and she will do private lessons with you. They cost an arm and a leg. But if you want to be the best, you do need to be trained by the best. Same with Bob Bergen. I went to dinner with him all the time when I was out in LA. He will do training with you. He will do training with you over dinner. But, I mean, you'll pay for it. But if you're good- Bob, Bob Bergen is Porky Pig, amongst yes. many other things. <laughs> and, but they'll do it. I mean, you can reach out to a ton of big names. Even Bob Bergen is very good with this. If you email him, you were down. He will email you back in 15 minutes and he will give you this huge spiel about what's wrong, what's great, what's not great, what he thinks you should do. And you can take that advice from a guy who's working every single day doing very big productions. And use that to your advantage. There's a ton of good, numerous information and a ton of very big actors who's willing to help. You just need to reach out to them. You'd be amazed at, I mean, voiceover people are different than, well, in a lot of ways we're different. But, <laughs> We're very different than on-camera actors. You, we, just as a class of humanity, we're way closer to being just folks. You know, we don't have limousines, and we don't, you know, have private jets, and we don't, you know, most of us are just 
people that, you know, this is our particular thing we're good at. Um, but, you know, the, most voiceover people are just you. You know, you know, he and I are, we're just you. People that grew up in Kansas City and now we're doing this. So you'd be amazed at how many people, like he said, if you, you know, get a hold of, you know, this guy's been Porky Pig for 20 some years and a, a ton of other, he's done a hundred Scooby-Doo's and whatever. And you can email him and he'll listen to your demo. Um, so, you know, you, there's a ton of us out there that if you could find a way to get to us and we do have the time, we'll, yeah, we'll listen to your demo and we'll say, number one sucks, don't use that. Number three is great, you know. And so, um, you know, it, it is, it's, it's, a, it's a different group of people and we're a lot more helpful than, than you might be expecting, so. But, uh, unless you sound like me, in which case I'll tell you you're awful and you just go for a job. <laughs> They may be cutting us off. As a born mimic like yourself, here in the Kansas City area, there's so many voices bouncing around through my head. Where do I start here? Who do I, where do I start here? What would be my next step to say, I want to do this? He knows more about city. that than I do. First of all, don't do impressions. If they want Yoda, they're going to call Tom. If they want Bugs Bunny, they're going to call Mel. No, it's not Mel anymore. Bob Perfect. Bob, does Bob do Bob? Oh, no, wait, what'd you say? Who does Bugs now? Oh, Bugs? Oh, well, Billy West. Billy West, the guy who was yeah, died right. a couple years ago in a, like a shootout in front of a fleabag hotel in LA with some hooker in the room. It was really weird. Very Los Angeles story. Everybody was making these really dark jokes about, I wonder when he uh, finally was taken out, was he, you know, <laughs> going, yeah, watch up there. But yes, uh, I don't know. Billy West, I think, is doing it now. Yeah, you know, it's, you can get a cheap USB microphone, you can find a ton of good free recording software. Put it down on there. Get going to where you can be comfortable in front of a microphone. I guarantee you, every one of you, if you step in front of a microphone and try to just talk, you are going to sound like this every single time. It is a huge difference, and that was the hardest thing I had to do. There's um, Don Miller of Airborne Audio yes. did my training. That's how I met Isaac. with him all the time. Way back, what, three, four years ago, I was where you guys were sitting. I talked to Tom, I, I, what did I do? I bugged the crap out of you. And finally, he's like, call this guy, and you'll be okay. And I called him, and one thing led to another, and before I even had my first demo done, I booked my first commercial. And commercial after commercial came, I moved out to LA. I almost died in LA. Not like <laughs> That's another story, but <laughs> um, not in a shootout with a hooker in the room. It was a different <laughs> It may have been a better way to go. <laughs> but you gotta practice. You gotta get out there, you gotta do it. And then once you do it, reach out to someone like Isaac. They'll, they'll teach you, and don't make your own demo. That's one of the biggest things that will get an agent yeah. to go, ah, nope. Reach out to someone who can do it. Get it done, then start shopping for those agents, and they'll come. One of the things you have to realize, you know, everyone thinks it's, it's impossible to get an agent and voiceover work. And it's not. You, that's how they make their money. They get 10% of your behind uh, from every job you do. They, not, they love nothing more than playing an MP3 that someone emailed them and, and expecting, yeah, it's gonna be the third one I got today, and it's gonna be another. 
damn, he's good. They, they want that. They love that. So believe it or not, you send a demo reel to an agent, they will listen to it. But you got to make sure it's good because the second time you send one, they won't listen to it if the first one sucked. So like I said, that goes back to having someone who knows what they're doing that will make them sound like real commercial. Another small thing, I wouldn't go more, don't, I, just my opinion, don't go more than 90 seconds. Two, three, four minute demo, complete waste of time because if you can't show them what you do in 90 seconds, they're not listening anymore. I, I, if someone sends me a demo, I listen to it honestly, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And I can tell in 30 seconds whether this person has any chance whatsoever of doing anything with this demo or going anywhere. So I don't need five more minutes. So you put your best piece first, you put your second best piece like third, maybe the third best piece at the end in case someone does get to the end, it finishes strong. Uh, and don't put whole commercials on, just you know, take 10 seconds from this one and six seconds from that one and 18 seconds from that one and about 90 seconds. So, and like I said, if you're really good at characters, make a completely separate reel. All right, we gotta get going, you guys. All right. Thank you guys so much for you guys. Have any questions, any questions? And we'll talk to you afterwards. Um, so again, available to you, resource, whatever you need. So thank you guys so much. Guys, thanks for coming out. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast.